Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Once a dream that was Rome, you could only whisper it. Well, that dream is getting louder and louder as the women's final is now set in Rome. Welcome to TC Live as we wrap up Friday's action from the Italian capital and get you ready for the NCAA women's semifinals at 5.30 p.m. Eastern today. Here's what's coming up on the big show. Inspiring a nation. A breakthrough win today for Ukrainian star Angelina Kalinina will be playing for the biggest match of her life on Saturday. Plus, Daniil Medvedev and Stefano Tsitsipas facing off for the eighth time. And we flash back to their very first meeting to help set the scene. And we have a medical update on one of the more promising young Americans who has not played since the Australian Open. Come on in. Nice and dry here in the studios in Santa Monica, California. Welcome to TC Live. Great to have you here with us. Steve Weissman, Hall of Famer Jim Currier, and on the big screen, Hall of Famer Andy Roddick as well. Looking forward, 5.30 p.m. Eastern, NCAA Women's Semifinals right here on Tennis Channel Live. You used to live right right by yeah, Lake Nona, and you went and saw the championship. How exciting are they? First time they had the NCAAs there, I went. It's probably like five years ago. It was incredible. The, the atmosphere, the energy. College tennis is very different. It's very uh, crowd uh, interactive. So if you're in Orlando, in, in Florida, get over there. If not, stay with us on TC. We'll have it for you. Absolutely. And, Andy, we have seen so many college players make that transition and have great success the pros. I mean, Ben Shelton and Peyton Stearns, who won the NCAA championships last year, both already in the top 100. Yeah, it's crazy to see the progression. It used to be kind of get out of college, find your way a little bit, uh, hope that you could someday break the top 100. Now, you know, Ben Shelton's been a, been a rocket ship, right? He's, he's gone from playing in the event we're talking about, uh, following us here on TC Live, to, you know, borderline top 30 in the world. So uh, it's, it's a great uh, uh, kind of proving ground uh, almost operating as a, as a minor league system for the pro tennis tour right now. All right, that's coming up 5.30 p.m. Eastern right here on Tennis Channel. Sam Gore, CeCe Bellis will have the call. But first, all roads lead to Rome. And before this year, Veronica Kudermatova had never been past the quarterfinals of a 1,000 event. Now in back-to-back -back semis, Andy, facing Angelina Kalinina, playing her very first. Yeah, and she didn't play like it was her first one. You know, she was, she was focused. If there were any nerves early, she hid them well. Uh, back and forth, a lot of holes, and then back-to-back -back breaks here to finish set. Great hands here. Almost looked like one of your pickleball points there, Steve Weissman, with the quick reflex. Uh, but Kalina kept her head down, played tough points. That's not an easy back and a hit. Five feet behind the baseline, able to redirect up the line uh, for the winner, and just tough this match out. Played one more ball. Really impressed with their anticipation off the mark uh, on, on drop shots, switching directions, uh, etc. So, Kalinina uh, really, really, really dug in. Kudamatova had no uh, quit in her game, fighting off some match points, uh, getting it to uh, a third set, 
and this was like a, a big question asked to Glenda. Can you hang in there when you were so close to the finish line? You were so close to tasting that berth uh, in a final, and the answer was yes, she could handle it. Uh, played great variety. You see that one. I call that the mannequin maker when you the right time to hit that drop shot, and the person doesn't even uh, move for it. So really tough to be that close, not have it go your way, and then finish huge week. Just got even bigger with the finals berth. Mannequin maker, I love right, that, Roddy. Running that down, <laughs> maker rolls off the tongue, Steve. By the way, it's Andy and, and Andre Agassi who are the pickleball stars. That's right, undefeated. Undefeated, that's right. Uh, Kalinina, who is Angie Kalinina? 26 years young, career high 28 March of this year, would make the top 20 with the title in Rome, finalist in Budapest. How about this? In the quarterfinals, played the longest match of the year. Three hours, 42 minutes, and then nearly three hours today. First WTA 1000 final. Let's hear from her. The tournament is still not over, and uh, of course another battle is waiting tomorrow because both girls are top players, so it's never easy on these tournaments, but... Uh, uh, this is like amazing feeling that, you know, I'm battling, I go through, I'm able to compete at this level. For me, it's new. And yeah, I'm really happy with this. Really special stuff for her. She talks about playing for Ukraine, giving positive emotions to her country. Her parents, their, their home was attacked. In fact, they live with Angie and her husband in their apartment right now. Her grandparents live in occupied territory. So this is something she's doing for, for greater than the yeah. sport. That's a lot to process when, when you're out trying to just do your job and then and you've got you know, your world completely upended back at home. It's got to be hard to, to bifurcate those two and still bring the energy and not be overwhelmed. So you think about all the all these players from Ukraine and their families and what they're going through. It's uh, definitely very difficult and even more impressive that she's able to put up this type of, of a performance here. And then you just look at the tennis and you go, how's she doing this physically? I mean, she's got to be exhausted, right? She's, she's been putting in the hard yards. And we're always carrying some emotional baggage as players. And then you just got that on top of, uh, you know, what's happening back home. Boy, that's a lot for her to, to uh, really celebrate this week that she's overcoming so many challenges. Second woman from Ukraine to reach a WTA 1000 final, Alina Svitolina, the other one. Yeah. Uh, Andy, go off with what Jim just said there uh, about putting all of this together, the, the emotions on court, off court, and being able to have these type of results. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't even imagine. I mean, as, as tennis players, we are uh, kind of designed to compartmentalize a little bit, but that normally means how do I focus on tennis when my girlfriend is upset with me? It doesn't mean how do I focus on tennis when my entire country is, is under attack and my loved ones, uh, you know, are, 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 are under siege. So uh, credit to her unbelievable uh, resilience at this tournament. Um, uh, you know, it, you, you, you cheer for someone who's gone through as much as she's gone through uh, the, la the last, uh, you know, year, year and a half. Um, and, and listen, you, the sen sentimentally, you, you wish her nothing but the best. But listen, her, her ability to fight and problem solve this week has been second to none. Uh, three hours, six hours and 45 minutes in the last two matches uh, alone. Um, you know, they make them tough in the Ukraine, that's for sure. Pretty special stuff. So who will Kalina meet in the final? Either Elena Rabakina or Yelena Ostapenko. Big hitting semifinal over there. You got the reigning Wimbledon champ. You got the 2017 Roland Garros winner, who, by the way, Jim, averaging more than 40 winners a match in Rome. Yeah, absolutely slashing as Ostapenko been out here. And it's a roller coaster ride when you play her because she gets hot, she gets cold. 
and you just got to be ready to withstand it. But Rabakina can give as good as she's taken out there. She has got so much wingspan, leverage, firepower, able to deliver that ace and deliver the opening set. But uh, Ostapenko would turn the tide, and she would get a quick lead, three love. Uh, and then, unfortunately for her, the weather would intervene and slow her momentum. And that was a real problem. Uh, they would come back after the rain, and Rybakina would just have another gear. And Ostapenka just seemed like she was sputtering in neutral once they came back from that rain delay. It was uh, one-way traffic. Rybakina using that big power, taking it down the line. She'd serve for the match. It wouldn't be easy. Uh, Ostapenko had a brilliant winner on uh, the first match point off the line, but... Uh, just great defense and then extracts the error. So Rabakina really benefiting from that break and a little tactical uh, discussion with her coach as well. Becoming an all-surface player. The title at Wimbledon on grass. The title at Indian Wells on hardcourt. And now how about a final in Rome for the first time. She has more aces this tournament than anybody else. And you take a look at the winners. Had, had a bunch fewer, but mm -hmm. kept those unforced errors right. down as well. Let's take a listen to Elena Rabakina. Elena, congratulations for your first final here in Rome. After the rain suspension, how you managed to make that comeback in the second set? Uh, yeah, well, it wasn't easy at all to start and then stop again. And uh, I just want to say thank you, everyone who stayed till the end and uh, supported me. Thank you so much. All right, Andy, we've got our final. Angie Kalinina, Lena Rybakina. They, they met last year in Charleston, so on clay, green clay, a little bit different. And it was Kalinina that won in three. What are your thoughts on this finals matchup? Yeah, Rabakina has been a different human since Wimbledon last year. With the, with the, I mean, like I know it says seven next to her name on the graphic. She's top three in the world. It's Sabalenka, Sviantek, and Rabakina. With apologies to those behind her, but those have been the dominant forces in tennis for the last year. And I actually think this reign in Rome has been beneficial for Rabakina, which is kind of counter what you would uh, think on first glance. But she doesn't really slide that much. She kind of hits and kind of has those little check steps afterwards. When the surface gets a little bit uh, more slippery, when it's dry out, I actually think it affects her movement uh, worse than when it's gritty, when it's sludgy, when it's muddy, when it's a little bit slow and she can get her timing. Uh, I think this kind of slower, uh, muddier court has been beneficial to her. But, Steve, I love her service motion. It's rhythmic. She can hit it to all four corners. That translates to any service. I am obsessed with her service motion. Andy Roddick, obsessed with Elena Rybak and his service motion. Love to hear that. And the, the big three era, gone on the men's side, but we're coming into potentially like a it. big three era yeah. on the women's side. How about the, like the lead-up tournaments? Yeah, it do, does feel like that. Let, let's hope that Fiontech's going to be healthy. You know, obviously, she, she sent a good message out if you're following her on social media that you know, things are looking up for her, so hopefully she's going to be raring to go and ready to go. Sabalenka is going to be fresh and ready after the great run in Madrid, a quick loss in, in Rome. So looking forward to seeing her back in action. And, you know, Elena might have a, a big Italian Open title in, in her hands when she heads out uh, to Roland Garros. But, yeah, it feels like a, a new dawn in, in, a, in a little bit of a way. That'd be something pretty cool if the yeah. three of them come into Roland Garros all winning one of the big titles mm -hmm. on the way to, uh, to, to Paris. Pretty, pretty cool stuff. Meantime, we're guaranteed a new men's champion this year. All four of the semifinalists are in the top ten, and we've got an entertaining rivalry that is going to be in one of them. Daniil Medvedev, Stefano Tsitsipas, 7-4 head-to-head for the Russian, but 
How about this? After winning the first five meetings, now Steph has won the last two, four of the last six. They have split their two meetings on clay. And it all started five years ago in Miami. Take a listen to this. Man, you better shut your f up, okay? Lenny, Lenny. Hey, Stefanos, you want to look at me and talk? Lenny, 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 Lenny. You have some problems? You go emergency toilet for Lenny, five Lenny. minutes, you're, and then you say, and you, then you hit let, and you don't say sorry. You think you're a good kid? Look at me. Hey, look at me, huh? You don't look at me. He started it. He started it. I know, but stop it. He started it. Yes, but... Yes, he started it. He said, it Russian. You think this is normal? I answered him because he doesn't know how to fight. A confrontation that will live in infamy. Both guys were ranked outside the top 50 at the time. Uh, cannot see this enough, how it all started. Uh, it's going to be chippy no matter what. I think they've come to some sort of terms, Jim. Uh, they don't hate each Wait, other. But... Den Denny, 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 <laughs> Denny, Denny. I, I can never get enough of the chair umpire trying to get in the middle of it all. It's just, it's classic. We, we love it. It's, it's a little bit of a fan favorite here for us within the, the walls of Tennis Channel. I don't know how many times we've watched it um, on a loop. But, uh, you know, it started with some tension. I think they put a lot of that behind yeah. them, honestly. They're, you know, they've both grown up a bunch since then, game-wise and, and as, as people. But... Why not a little little Tabasco in the, in the mix, right? Uh, nothing wrong with that. Get that Bravo TV drama in there, Andy. <laughs> yeah, I, listen, I, I'd be hypocritical if I sat back, watched that clip, and then clutched my pearls afterwards, wouldn't I? Uh, but listen, I, I, I get the back and forth, heat of the moment. Uh, you know, no one actually cares if anyone apologizes on a let cord. Uh, you care if you feel like someone's using gamesmanship for the bathroom break. You know, but it, it's all on the side. Listen, emotions run hot on the tennis court. Uh, you know, some people that I fought with early in my career, I was friends with by the end of my career, it, it, you know, such as the tennis life, I guess. You think this is normal? He started this. <laughs> uh, Jim, make, <laughs> make the case for Sitsipas to win this one, Jim. Well, I, I certainly clay is a better surface for him. I think the, the muddy track that Andy was talking about that's helped Rabakina's movement, I think has also probably helped uh, Mevedev's a bit here. We'll see the weather doesn't look great the rest of the way, so probably is going to still be... A, a better court to stick on than to slide on. But Tsitsipas has this forehand that is just so damaging. And he's able to hit it so effectively in all areas of the court. I particularly love his inside-in forehand. I love that he's able to pull this one here and go behind people. I think that can be particularly effective against Medvedev. And he's used the drop shot a little bit more than we're used to seeing as well. He used it against Chorch nicely. I think that'll be something he'll want to deploy also. When these guys met in Cincinnati last year, he used a lot of variation, a lot more slice backhands, more drop shots, more serves and volleys to stay out of kind of long, expanded rallies with Medvedev. I don't think he'll be as afraid of those here on this surface, but I still think it's the forehand that finishes for him. The, the inside-out forehands, that's the blue side. That's where he's in the backhand corner, ripping it into that backhand of Medvedev. And then I just love when he's pulling them down the line from that same position. You just don't know what he's going to do. He does not have a tell on that. He can hit either with impunity. And then you see some of the shorter ones there. He's using the drop shots as well in this tournament. So that, that for me, is going to be the key. As, as Tsitsipas' forehand goes, I think the match goes. All right. Hasn't dropped a set all tournament. Jim just made the case for Stefano Tsitsipas. Andy, look at me. Look at me. Make the case for <laughs> Daniil Medvedev. Stevie, 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 this is not real. Uh, listen, it's, it's going to be uphill sledding. Uh, I, I have a feeling that Jim got first pick here on the make the case debate, but here we are. 
listen, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Daniil Medvedev. That's no, there, there, there's no secret there. What he's done this week and the, 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 the improvement I've seen from last year where he didn't win a single match in the lead-up to the French Open to this year where he's consistently winning matches and now emphatically uh, winning matches. This guy's uh, the uber problem solver. And, and what you see here, his movement is just insane. For someone that's six foot seven to be able to defend this amount of territory, I mean, that's corner to corner, back to front, and to be able to flip that in t- there in enough time to flip it with topspin, that's something that I don't care how much firepower you have, you have to solve for the awkwardness that is Daniil Medvedev, and the guy can serve 135, 140. Now, I think Jim is spot on. The, the Sitsipas forehand from the middle of the court, as we see a, 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 apparently the Pac-Man version of what we just watched. But the the, the way that uh, Sitsipas is going to be able to get that forehand from the middle of the court and dictate. Medvedev knows, uh, at least he knows what Jim knows as far as that shot goes. Now, Medvedev is going to have to force it into the backhand corner a little bit more than he likes. He's normally content to feed the middle, keep the ball down, and try to make someone uh, attack from a place that maybe is a little bit too early or from a place that's uh, maybe from a place of uh, maybe not totally comfortable. But I just love the way he's returning. I don't think Sitsipas' serve is going to get through the court as much as it normally does. He's not going to miss returns. And weirdly, the pressure's on Steph because this is his surface, right? He's kind of freewheeled it the last couple of times uh, against Medvedev on surfaces that we would probably favor Medvedev. So, uh, listen, most of the time you favor Steph on this, but I love what I've been seeing from Daniil Medvedev this week in Rome and in Madrid for that, for, for that matter. He's won nearly half of his return games, Daniil Medvedev, in Rome. Tsitsipas has only been broken three times. So something's got to give. Ooh. In this matchup. That's a little arm wrestle right there. Yeah. Oh, yes. I like that. (laughs) We still have a lot to get to here on TC Live. We've got previews. We've got highlights. We have, of course, leading up to the NCAA Women's Championships, the semifinals, and a new update on the reason Nick Kyrgios won't play Roland Garros. We'll tell you when he is expected to return to the tour. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back. It is semifinal day for the college women as well. Coming up, 5.30 Eastern, the women's NCAA team semifinals from Lake Nona, Florida. Top seed North Carolina against Georgia and 20-time champ Stanford against the Diana Schneider-led NC State Wolfpack. Schneider hoping to win a team title before heading to Paris for Roland Garros. Time for our TennisPoint.com gear spotlight, and we are focusing on clay court shoes. We've got the Adidas Barricade, the Asics Gel Resolution 9, and the Nike Vapor Pro 2. They all have the ability to grip the court better, which helps with a change of direction on the uneven surface. And these shoes are more durable than shoes meant for the hard courts. You got the pros wearing them, the Barricades. How about Stefano Tsitsipas, Felix Ojealiasim, and Jess Pagula? For the Nike Vapors, Carlitos Alcaraz, Andre Rublev, Nika Azarenka, Matteo Berrettini rocking the Asics gel. So fans, you see the QR code. It is time to shop for your clay court shoes. Shop now with this QR code or at tennispoint.com. All right, let's take a look at these things. They're very nice. And, and Jim, describe what the, what the bottom, why, why is it good for the clay? So this herringbone design is really important. And you can see it's pretty completely covering the, the shoe. Let's pop it over here. 
you want the clay to actually get inside those little grooves. That gives you control when you're sliding. If, if your shoes are worn down and they're flattened, you just glide across the clay and you don't hit the brakes. Braking is what you need these for. These are like air brakes. They're incredible. All these shoes will have yeah. a very similar design. You know, this one, same thing. You know, they're all basically identical. There's a reason for that. Yeah, they're proven to work. And grass court shoes, they'll use the same tops of these shoes, but they'll put little pimples, little, little stubs, little nubs on there so you can get traction. It's a different type of thing you're looking for. Andy certainly can talk more about the grass court shoes than I can. I usually used them about one match, and then I was done. <laughs> I, I love how you make fun. You're, you're self-deprecating humor about grass. You were a Wimbledon finalist, Jim Courier. Let's not let that ever be forgotten. One time. You know, you get lucky one time, Andy. But what about I mean, those, the fourth what about round? The, what I, about I, these I, shoes? I, well, what I just figured out, well, one, one time I made the fourth round of the French Open, so point made. Uh, <laughs> secondly, you're going through that, and your knowledge of the clay court bottoms, uh, I, I'm basically figuring out that the delta between our clay court, uh, clay court careers was basically – you must have had better shoes, Jim. Traction. It was all about traction. There's no, no That's doubt all it about was. It. That's yeah. all it was. Yeah. Andy, were you wearing the, the grass court shoes during Roland Garros? I was thinking about wearing them. <laughs> Some players did, I was actually. Thinking... Some players did. Yeah. Some players that didn't wear actually... slide would wear the, those on there. Huh. Yeah. So, so, so true story, uh, Steve. Uh, I came from Davis Cup on grass one time to the Houston clay court event, and I, put the, I had the grass court shoes with me, and I forgot my clay court shoes at the hotel. Warm during practice, liked them warm through about a set and a half before someone complained about them uh, in the actual match. And then apparently I was breaking a rule, so I had to go the old switcheroo. Breaking the law. Is, is that illegal? Uh, apparently. I didn't, huh. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Hey, listen, I, it was at least frowned upon based on the, the, what, what I experienced <laughs> with the judgment. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Who, was the, who, who complained? Uh, I forget who I was playing, honestly. It was 2006. Uh, I'll come up with a name. but right. you know, We were going to name and shame, we're, but that's okay. Gaudio, Coria, one of those good, good clay court players. Someone who didn't like what was happening. <laughs> Tennispoint.com. Yeah. Get, get your fun shoes. We love it. We love it. Look All right. Shoes there. Now it's time for FanDuel's match preview. Let's look at the results from yesterday. The pick was Veronica Kudermatova over Angelina Kalinina. But Kalinina came through in three sets for the upset. Here is the FanDuel pick for Saturday. Go with Holger Runa over Kasper Ruud. He got about 172 bucks to win 100. He has never defeated his fellow Scandinavian 0-4 head-to-head. We shall see what plays out. Right now, FanDuel is giving all new users 10 times your first bet in bonus bets up to $200, win or lose. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app now and start making every moment more. Well, with Rafa Nadal out of Roland Garros, we will show you which one of these guys is the clear favorite in Paris. Odds are high that you'll be surprised. Andy, Jim, and Steve back with you. Oh, we are getting so close to the Grand Slam excitement in Paris. Stan Vavreka, one of only two active former champs on the men's side in the draw. Tennis Channel, proud once again to bring you daily live coverage of Roland Garros. Do not miss any of the action beginning Sunday, May 28th. And to get you ready, we've got a special TC Live at Roland Garros preview show. That comes your way Saturday, May 27th, 11 a.m. Eastern. 
I will be joined by the great Martina Navratilova, Chanda Rubin, John Wertheim, and Prakash Amitraj. Big time party going down in Paris. Going five wide. Five Steve. wide. That is, that is how we, we do. We can do that. Right, we can. That's, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a good time. Cannot wait to get over to Paris, Great. get all the croissants, get all the pain of chocolat every morning, just gain at least 10 pounds of pastry. Just, just breathe in the, 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 the amazing atmosphere and, and smells of Roland Garros. I mean, come on, you can't wait to get it. We can't wait to get there. We're fired up for it. We've got to finish Rome off, though, right? We do. We got it, and that's probably going to help us predict at least who our favorites are. But, boy, it's kind of interesting the way things are rolling now. I think we might be moving towards odds. You see that? You are a transition master. That. <laughs> Not a mannequin maker, but a transition master. <laughs> Andy, what do you think about these odds? I mean, are, are you feeling that Alcaraz should be the outright favorite over Djokovic? No, I, I can't sit here and say that Alcaraz should be favored over Novak uh, or, or vice versa. I, I think they're co-favorites, and I think uh, it, it kind of levels off. Uh, a little bit. I think, uh, listen, Medvedev at plus 2,400 now looks looks really appealing. I think uh, Rublev uh, on the heels of Monte Carlo. Casper uh, Ruud still getting the respect, even though uh, until this week in Rome, had 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 a bit of a choppy uh, clay court season. A lot of respect for Holger, Holger Runa. Uh, amazing that they're valuing him uh, more than the Steph Sitsipas. But I think uh, Novak and Carlos, uh, in my mind, co-favorites, not much between them. How about Dominic Team on the board at plus 8,000? Team getting into the main draw because Nadal withdrew. He would have had to play qualifying otherwise. So uh, Team, uh, the U.S. Open champion who's played so well over the course of his career at Roland Garros, needed Nadal's withdrawal to get into the main draw, and he's on the board at plus 8,000. Look, I, the way that I'm looking at this, I, I personally think Alcaraz and Djokovic should be the, the even favorites. And I think that, uh, you know, I... I'm going to be really interested to see how this plays out over the course of the weekend. Uh, you know, Runa, I'm really high on center as well. I think Tsitsipas, should he win here, should jump up the line. But kind of scratching my head, you know, the, the Monte Carlo champion so far down the line, Rublev behind Medvedev. That, you know, the gamblers often know more than mm -hmm. we do, you know, but uh, that doesn't make sense to me. Rublev has not had great success at the majors, right? I mean, never been past the quarterfinals yeah. at a major. That could play into that. But interested to see how the Runa-Rude match result affects yeah. these. And yeah. whoever does win Rome, if it is Sitsipas, Rude, or Runa, those three guys could could uh, get some Ledge closer. better, better think, odds. They, they won't get above Carlos. No, 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 and, no, no, no. no. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's see on the women's side. Iga Sviantek, heavy, heavy favorite. I mean... We gotta bet 140 bucks to just to win 100 on her. I, I mean, I don't know what you think, Andy. I'm taking the field here, and there, there's some good possibilities out there. Yeah, I, listen, I, Iga should be far and away uh, the favorite, pending uh, her health. Rabak and I feel like has inserted herself into that conversation. Uh, you know, two weeks ago when we we're talking about it after Madrid, it was pretty much a. Uh, Sviantek uh, and Sabalenka, I think Rabakina has proven herself uh, on clay. And then from there, it's basically taking shots to who do you think can actually uh, kind of find their way through seven matches. Krachikov is, is obviously proven, doesn't shy away from the big matchups. Uh, Ostapenko's odds have jumped dramatically uh, this week, still a little bit up and down. Uh, you know, she could win the tournament or she could, you know, go out second round. All, you never know. Uh, with Ons it's more just a question of health and how her cap is. Paula Bedosa has inserted herself uh, in, into the conversation. Uh, one name I don't see here, which is a little disrespectful based on the last couple of years, is uh, Jessie Pagula. I know she had a tough loss to Taylor Townsend here, but I think she deserves to be one of the top eight favorites in any, any, uh, any tournament she participates in now. Totally agree. She's 10th on the list in terms of odds right now, but... Uh, 
is a little disrespectful of the non-big three. Who, who would Ostapenko, be Ostapenko. I, I think Because she just got that, uh, she's got the ability to, to beat anybody when she gets hot, right? In best of three sets, you can get hot. We've seen her run out a bunch of good players with 6-0 sets. Yeah. So uh, I would probably think she might be the best value uh, mm. pick out there. All right. Uh, time to enter the social net here on TC Live. That means go to our single cameras. Single camera time. Okay. All right, let's <clears throat> do that. 22-year-old Jensen Brooksby. He has been out since Australia. Just shared that he had surgery on his right wrist. Now, he already had surgery on the left wrist. Said rehab is going well. No timetable for his return. But he says, Andy, that he's excited to improve areas of his game, including his serve with a wink emoji. I, I feel like that was right, right for you. <laughs> I don't know if it was for me. I don't think I'm the only one that's gone out of the limb and said, hey, listen, Jensen Brooksby's game outside of his serve, uh, top 10 guy, top 15 guy for sure. The serve, uh, maybe not so much, but listen, regardless of what any of us think uh, about a serve, we want players to have continued health. We, we don't want to see Jensen Brooksby uh, on the sideline. He's such a competitor, such a problem solver, so we hope he gets healthy. Yeah, we've had three American men with wrist problems. Riley Opelka still uh, awaiting his return from wrist surgery. Sebastian Corda missed a good chunk of this season after Australia as well. So, yeah, we're hoping to see these guys back out there by summertime. We don't know when they're coming back, but hopefully we will. One thing that we did find out, though, Steve, which is kind of breaking news, is Jensen Brooksby, while he may not be back playing by Washington, D.C., you'll get to hear him on the airwaves of Tennis Channel. He's going to be a guest Analysts, it's, uh, it's amazing what Tennis Channel is doing, offering uh, these opportunities for uh, the, these current players to come in and give us insight into what it's actually like to play these players that are that we're watching. It's uh, it's unique. I'm not sure too many other networks around the world are doing it. So kudos to TC. I can't wait to hear Jensen's <laughs> thoughts because he is an original player, yep. original thinker out there. Going to be fascinated to hear him break it down for us. Yeah, during the week of the City Open, Andy, it'll be Jensen Brooksby as one of the guest analysts, and we have seen. What's happened once you come to Tennis Channel? Sloane Stevens, you go win a major. Taylor Townsend, a major final in doubles. Career high rankings. Chris Eubanks, top 100. I mean, you just got Jeannie Bouchard is on the verge of getting back in the top 200 right now. Yeah, and, and listen, to, to echo Jim's point, I love it that the players come in. There's obviously some value at seeing it uh, through an unbiased set of eyes uh, for a week or two weeks or whatever your stopover is. But also, Jim and I can see the game. We know the game. We know what we're seeing. But we've never, we've never felt uh, the weight of a, a Steph Sitsipas shot or a, felt how low the ball stays with Daniel Medvedev. So as much as we know, we I used to get so frustrated when I played because someone would be like, well, just take Rafa's forehand early. He hits it short. I'm like, yeah, but it also bounces over your head. You know, so I would get frustrated. So I think it's a great mix to have current players come in, tell you what it feels like, tell us what we're missing. Uh, and so, listen, I, I love the back and forth with the current players, and I hope we see more and more of a tennis channel. Kudos. Yeah, we, we wish Jensen all the best in the recovery, and we look forward, Jensen, to welcoming you to the tennis channel family. Meantime, uh, some other news involving injuries. Nick Kyrgios's manager said his latest setback was a foot injury, in fact, that he got while his car was stolen and his mom was held at gunpoint. So not the surgically repaired knee. That's going well. But now a foot injury preventing him from playing Roland Garros, Jim. Yeah, said uh, further to this report, said it, it set him back a couple of weeks in his training. So that does bode well that he'll be able to get back for the grass court season, which would be excellent for all of us. We love watching Nick play. He is box office tennis, and it's been too long since we've seen him back out there. So uh, hopefully... Uh, you know, he's obviously that this is a traumatic situation 
having his mom get held up uh, at gunpoint and his car stolen. Uh, but thankfully, no one was injured other than a, a slice to his foot. So nothing too, too serious. So uh, wishing them all the best and looking forward to seeing him as soon as possible. Yeah, Andy. Yeah, and I, 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 yeah I need to lay on the sword a little bit here because when we announced that he wasn't playing uh, Roland Garros the other day, it was I, I was kind of flipping. I said I, I didn't expect him to be to play in Roland Garros. You know, the, the knee heat rehab seemed to be taking a little bit longer. I didn't know this situation. This is obviously just on top of the foot injury. How scary is it for you know, someone you love to be held up at gunpoint? So uh, my apologies. I didn't know the context of the situation. I hope uh, I'm glad to hear the knee is better. Uh, I hope the foot gets better, and I, I, I hope his mom is, is okay. That's certainly a, a very traumatic experience, and we hope we hope everyone is uh, on the road to their individual recoveries. Absolutely. Uh, the manager says that Nick hopefully will return for the grass season, including Stuttgart. So wishing Nick all the best to get back as soon as possible. Check out Saturday's slate. I mean, it is blockbuster here on Tennis Channel. The two men's semifinals starting at 7 a.m. Eastern. The women's final, Rabakana Kalinina. The women's doubles final that features Coco Goff and Jesse Pagula. TC Live. And then, of course, the NCAA Women's Team Championship. The final at 5.30 Eastern. It's going to be so great. There's only one Super place to be. Up. Right TC. TC all the time. It's that time, sizzling hot shot of the day. What do we have, Andy? And Jay, I don't know if you have watched Kalina that much this week, but her anticipation is absolutely phenomenal. Gets off the mark and kind of predicts what shot is coming, uh, as well as I've seen you see her. Uh, right here, predicts, kind of anticipates that one, and then it's off the mark before Kudamertova actually strikes the ball and then finishes with a nice little touch lob over the head. That was tidy. I like that a lot. All right, featured matches for a Saturday starting at 7 a.m. Eastern, 4 a.m. Pacific. Jim will be here to call Roddick. both. I hear Roddick's flying in from Charlotte for the 4 a.m. call time tomorrow, Andy. Looking forward to seeing you in the booth with me. And uh, is it Ted or Jason? I'm not sure, but it's definitely Holger and Casper to get things going. What a day of activity out there. That's gonna be, I mean, Holger and Casper. I got Holger the, the strong favorite in that one. That's, that's a guy... A strong favorite against a guy who made the finals of Roland Garros and the U.S. Open last year. Mm -hmm. Andy, tell me why I'm wrong. Yeah, I, <laughs> listen, I, I like Holger Runa in, in, in this matchup. I think the upset of the day would be uh, if your prediction on uh, on me doing live commentary out there tomorrow uh, would be true. Um, but listen, I, I think it's just a form matchup. Obviously, uh, Rude got Runa on the way up uh, a couple of times. I don't think he's in the form that he was in last year where Runa is a different player uh, than, than he was uh, even a year ago during his breakout at, at the French Open. So uh, as much as I like to disagree with you, I, I like Runa. How about the spice in that match too, Steve? Remember that, last year? Like, frosty. Lock, frosty. Gate? Oh, yeah. That we didn't see on breakpoint? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> apparently Casper Rude went right up to Holger Runa in the locker room and went, yes! That's what Runa said. And then Rude came in to press and said, he's a liar. That never happened. So uh, just sprinkle a little bit more into that match. And then Runa's mom was like, don't be mean to my son. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, you know, I don't know. Shots were fired. There'll be some tennis shots fired tomorrow. We'll see if they actually 
are cool and chilly or they're, they're bringing a little uh, Scandic flame. Let's see what happens. Oh. First All-Scandinavian Masters 1000 semifinal since Paris Bercy 1997. Jonas Bjorkman, Thomas Enquist. How about that? Those two, those two hotheads. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> they, they weren't in danger of getting in a locker room fight ever. Not too much. If, if, they were in, if those two were in danger of getting in a locker room fight, I blame whoever was on the other side of it. Now, it was a four-setter at Roland Garros. It, it was a tight third set tiebreak that really changed uh, the, this match for uh, for our boy Casper. So we'll see if he can kind of recapture some of that. It's been nice to see him pick it up a little bit because he's been struggling this season. So big match ahead, big day ahead, and Andy Roddick getting on the plane right now to come join us. 4-0 head-to-head, by the way, Rude yep. over Runa, all on clay, only lost one set. Speaking of a frosty kind of not not so friendly relationships the other the other semifinal that we have medvedev and Tsitsipas. andy we, we kind of broke this one down earlier on tc live but who who are you picking i love what medvedev does i for the first time in my life i would i would say i wouldn't be surprised if medvedev won but i i can't pick against Tsitsipas on clay against medvedev based on uh, a sample size of of three weeks of, of, of good clay court tennis uh, from from Medvedev, I think the uh, I think Medvedev would actually like it to be a little warmer. Serve gets through the court. Uh, I, I think there's just too much to worry about uh, from from Steph's racket. I love what Jim said. Uh, even, even even if it was uh, against my case at the time, uh, Sitsabas's forehand from the middle of the court, he can distribute it to both sides. He can get in. Curious to see how much Steph uses the serve and volley on a slower surface. Uh, but I can't wait for this one. This is going to be the the kind of the litmus test to see if Medvedev's a real deal contender going into Roland Garros. Andy could overpower me on the court with his serve, and I think he's overpowered me with his analysis and persuaded me perhaps to go for Medvedev. No, just kidding, Andy. Oh, <laughs> just kidding. I love the analysis. Look, Medvedev has been moving great, and, and it's, a, it's a smaller court, so, you know, is he going to be able to, to cover the corners with, with Steph's kick serve? We'll see, but I got Steph the favorite in that one, too. All right, looking forward to it. Andy may or may not fly in, but Jim will be here no matter what for the call of both of those matches. You can Skype in. I don't mind. It's fine. Yeah, just get guys, up early with us. If, if, hey, Jim, if I'm not there, you just start without me. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you on TC Live tomorrow. Of course, bottom of the hour, we're going to have a report from Lake Nona because yep. we've got the NCAA women's team semifinals that are coming up. We've got the top seed North Carolina against Georgia, the 20-time champ, Stanford Cardinal, taking on NC State, Sam Gore, CeCe Bellis on the call. Thanks for watching TC Live. Bottom of the hour, a report from Lake Nona. Enjoy the college tennis, everybody.